0: Welcome back, everybody. I hope you are doing amazing and happy Tuesday. I hope you don't mind. You might be hearing some guitar playing going on in the background. Gaytan is practicing his guitar. And I basically didn't have a choice, but right now to go and and record my intro and my outro. And it was the only opportunity I had. So I was like, that's it. I'm closing the door. And if you can hear guitar in the background, I do apologize. You might even hear the cats in the background. They're playing right outside my office door and making so much noise. So I hope the mic isn't picking up on all of it, but we're just going to roll with it. Gaytan actually picked up guitar back in, I think, April when, you know, the pandemic and the quarantine and everything happened. He was like, I'm going to learn a new skill. He had more free time on his hands, of course, like many of us did. And he was at home. And so he took online guitar lessons and he got a coach and he got a guitar and it's been awesome. So he's been practicing not every day, but almost every day and just getting better and better. And it's just been really awesome to watch him. So it's been really, really nice. And I told him jokingly that I'm going to go take singing lessons. I don't even know if I'm really joking about that. Like I do want to go take singing lessons. I actually love singing and I used to play piano way back in the day. So I feel like I might want to pick up piano again and dive into singing and then we can start our own band. Definitely. Like that just sounds like so much fun. So I'm I'm not really the best singer, although I wouldn't necessarily say I come from a family of singers, but I do have a lot of cousins on my mother's side of the family who are pretty talented. They are beautiful singers and artists. And I actually have one cousin who is an amazing songwriter, and she's written Celine Dion songs. She's um written songs even on Eminem's recent album. Like she's pretty legit. So um and she's got a beautiful voice. So maybe I can channel some of my cousin's energy and and uh, maybe I just need to connect with her and she can teach me how to sing because she's so phenomenal at it. So anyways, that would be so, so fun to do. And I think I might have to take that on as a new skill to learn in the new year. Okay, so before we dive into our episode today, I want to share that our eight month Align and Lead Business Mentorship Program is open for registration right now. So we do only take on a limited amount of students. We don't take over 20 students into our business mentorship program because I personally coach everybody one-on-one. And not only that, you are also coaching with my content director, Vanessa, who is going to implement your tech and your funnels and your automation. So it's really important to have these systems set up in your business. And it can also be very costly to do it on your own and also very costly to hire somebody to do it. Um, And it's just huge... Hugely time-consuming. That is probably one of the things that holds people back a lot is the tech. So we take care of that for you in our business mentorship program. And I come on board to give you all the coaching and all the strategy. And then Vanessa will take that strategy and go implement the tech and the funnels and the automation that lines up with that. So it really is the best of both worlds. You're getting the coaching and strategy support, plus you are getting basically a digital marketing agency all in one. And so in our eight-month mentorship program, our goal is to really help our students get all the foundational elements set up in their business. We wanna take you through coaching. We want to take you through how to set up all your automations, how to have a funnel in place, how to bring in leads, how to do higher end sales, how to gain your confidence as a coach. And there's obviously many, many steps along the way. And we really hold your hand through it all. We love on you guys so much. And it really is a no BS approach to coaching. Um, And it's, it's so fantastic. I love it. It's been incredible seeing the results of my students and how they've been able to make such a huge impact and an amazing income doing what they love. And I know in the beginning stages of my business, I really needed that support, and that's what helped me to really grow my business more quickly and more efficiently was hiring support and investing in coaching and mentorship. It really helped to skyrocket my business. So if you have just a little inkling inside that this is the next thing for you, just like you invested in your nutrition skills, It's the same thing with marketing. When it comes to business and marketing, when it comes to learning how to close more sales and having sales calls and doing lead generation and webinars and all that fun stuff, maybe podcasting is something you wanna do, we teach you all of this inside the mentorship program. And, you know, just like you invested in your nutrition and your, maybe you're a naturopath listening to this, or maybe you're a life coach listening to this or a nutritionist. You had to invest in your education to learn those skills. And it's the same thing with business and marketing. We often don't know or don't have the business and marketing scale. Sit- skills or the sales skills and it's a skill you need to learn it's just new knowledge that you need to gain so it really is an investment in both your personal growth and your business growth and i i just love it so much i love being able to teach this program and to guide our students through the program it's 8 months we have one-on-one coaching with myself you get coaching support with Vanessa and we also have our group coaching calls every other week so lots of places for you to get support and to get that hand holding that you need, which we often need in the very beginning of our business. So, if you're interested, do reach out to me, send me an email, Samantha at holisticwellness.ca. And in the subject line, just put interested in business mentorship. And what I'll do is I will send you over a link to my online calendar and you can book in for a complimentary business coaching call. So on this call, we're going to dive in deeper and I want to get an understanding of where you're at in your business, where you're feeling stuck, where do you want to go, what's working for you, what's not working for you. And from there, I'll just get a really good idea of where you're at. And then we can chat about the mentorship and see if it's the right fit for you. So if you're interested, again, just send me an email, Samantha at holisticwellness.ca, and let's hop on a call and chat in more. Detail and see how we can bring your business and your leadership to the next level. All right, and one more thing last week's episode. I interviewed Andy from Alatora Naturals. I got lots of feedback on it. You guys love diving into that and learning about the company and their skincare is just so beautiful. I absolutely love it. You can save 20% off of all of their products over at alatoranaturals.com. The coupon code is HEALTHYHORMONES and you can save again 20% off site-wide and their products are just so beautiful. I've been using the Daily Moisturizer. I've been using the, oh my God, what's it called? It's the Turmeric Serum. I think that's what it's called, the Turmeric Serum. And then I've been, or sorry, it's called the Gold Serum. It has turmeric in it, and it literally does look, gold when you put it into your hand, into your palm. And then I also use their clay mask, which is amazing. So I've been using that once a week. I've got all of their stuff and they're beautiful. So again, Healthy Hormones is the coupon code and you can save 20% off. And I do want to give one quick shout out to Organifi. Guys, I've been using the Organifi Gold in chocolate flavor, but recently I just wanted to try their original flavor. It's it's not even really a flavor. It's just their original. It's called Organifi Gold. It basically tastes... It's like a turmeric latte, and it is hands down the best tasting thing ever. I thought for sure nothing could beat the chocolate, but I am totally in love with this one. So there's turmeric in it and reishi. There is cinnamon and coconut milk. There's black pepper, turkey tail mushroom, lemon balm, ginger, ginger. And there's also some acacia fiber, which is a really amazing prebiotic. And it helps feed the bacteria in your gut. And it really does support digestion. I am such a fan of it. I don't know why it took me so long to try just the original one. I thought for some reason, like the chocolate was just gonna be, you know, be the thing. Like how how can you beat chocolate? But honestly, the Organifi Gold is so delicious. It is like the best tasting Turmeric latte I've ever tried, and I just like to warm up some coconut milk. And so I boil some water, I warm up some coconut milk, and then I mix it with one scoop of the Organifi Gold. And it's actually voted as like the number one best tasting drink, and it's I can see why it's so delicious. So head on over to OrganifiShop.com, and you can save fifteen percent off any of their products using the coupon code Healthy Hormones. Okay. Now let's dive into our episode. It's a really great one. I interviewed Josephine at Lori, and she is an expert in meditation and in overcoming adversity to find joy. Through a unique and trying fertility journey, Josephine navigated the intense uncertainties and stress of pregnancy loss, IVF, international adoption, and surrogacy, and ultimately becoming a mother of five, channeling the power of perseverance, calm, and courage. She now helps others navigate life's many curveballs through group and individual online meditation training and her podcast, Responding to Life. You guys are going to love this episode. We dove into how can you remain connected to your best self, especially during isolation, how to practice self-care, how to use different Techniques and tools such as breathing and body scanning and affirmations when you're feeling stressed. We dove into how to cope if the pandemic has put your fertility plans on hold. And of course, Josephine dives into her journey and her story with pregnancy loss and infertility and going through IVF and adoption and surrogacy, ultimately becoming a mother of five. It is amazing. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. It's really, really powerful. And all you mamas out there, I know you can definitely relate to what a lot of Josephine says today. And I really do hope it empowers you to slow down and find some time to really implement self-care especially if you are a mother of five. I can only imagine how crazy her schedule looks. So let's dive into the episode. Enjoy. And thanks for being with us today. Hi, Josephine. Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm really excited to have you here today. Before we dive in, can you share with our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited
1: to be on your show and speaking with you today. And in terms of what I do, I essentially I help people overcome adversity in their lives to find joy. And you know, I'm passionate about doing that because of my own journey that I had trying to create my modern day family through IVF, surrogacy, international adoption, ultimately ending up with this amazing family with five children. And I take those learnings and I apply it to my meditation clients, to my work on my own podcast called Responding to Life and through Fertility Mindfulness Workshops. And that's how I actually am here with you today, speaking about the important benefits of meditation and mindfulness in our lives.
0: That's amazing. So, what an amazing story. You now have five children and I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into that if you can share what that journey looked like. And I know, you know, um, just reading your bio and whatnot, you had um, some issues with fertility and whatnot, which led you down the IVF route. And so i just love to dive deeper into that and and hear more about your story around that.
1: Yeah, I would love to. So it all began kind of crazy, about uh, 16 years ago is when we decided to start building our family. And we knew right from the get-go that we would have to begin with straight into IVF because my husband, back when we were still dating, fell ill, and this was the course that we would have to start with. So we thought uh, it would go smoothly just because we started when I was much younger, and but it didn't. And so we did IVF for a number of years, cycle after cycle, not working some with miscarriages and then switched facilities and then became pregnant with twins. And after the first trimester, I thought, okay, I'm in the clear. And then lo and behold, in uh, the 17-week mark, I lost the twins. And it was at that point when I was kind of forced into this this pause in my life in order to, to grieve that loss. Right. And it was then that I decided, both my husband and I decided that I just, I couldn't do it anymore and we needed to pivot our approach. And that's how we decided to move on to international adoption. And that route was just completely different and For sure. very taxing on its own way. We ended up uh, adopting our first child, our son in Kazakhstan. And uh, we got to live out there for a month. It was fantastic. It was just all sorts of crazy. Then we finally became a family. And, you know, after enjoying spending time with him for about a year, then I decided that I could try IVF one more time. And we went to a whole new facility. I became pregnant again. We threw the kitchen sink at me. And <laughs> I was a bed rest. I did surgery to just sort of help things along. And... I was able to deliver those twins wow. and and then life was fantastic. But after that pregnancy, I couldn't carry again. So we actually had a number of frozen embryos and we worked so hard to have them, these embryos, and we kept right. them frozen every year. We decided to save up To work with a surrogate, and after about six years or so, that became a reality for us. And we partnered up with this amazing woman who is forever in our hearts and minds. And every time I look at my twin boys, I think of her because she carried our fourth and and fifth child, and that's how we came to
0: be this very big family of five kids. (laughs) Wow. That is such an amazing story. So did you, did you always want a really big family? Like was five the number?
1: I never had a number. I knew I wanted to have a family more than two kids just because it was my, I, I only have a younger brother, but growing up, I was surrounded by all my aunts and uncles and my cousins. It was, you know, we all lived in this one apartment building. So we were constantly around so much family. And that for me, it just equated to a really happy time in my life. And I loved all of that energy and and activity. So I knew that I needed that for myself.
0: (laughs) Right, right. That's really beautiful. So, you know, I know that there's definitely some women listening to this podcast that Have been through their own struggles with fertility and IVF. And, you know, being that you've been down this journey, I'd love it if maybe you can share maybe just some tips or some strategies that women can start to implement to really prepare for their IVF journey. What would that really look like?
1: Yeah, I, I, whenever I coach people about uh, starting, you know, their, infertility protocol, one of the big things that I like to talk about is establishing a foundation that's a foundation for yourself. So that means learning to advocate for yourself. It means giving some space for yourself in terms of self-love and compassion, because this process can be so taxing on your mental and emotional well-being. That it's really important to have this solid foundation of love for your own self, because it will put you through the ringer in terms of you know, if you fail in a cycle and and then sort of internalizing that as something that's your fault. So really being able to make a point of coming back to caring for yourself mentally and emotionally is important. And then finding a support network for yourself. You know, we're lucky these days to have so many options within our reach. There are a lot of fertility apps now. There are a lot of membership-based communities for women undergoing fertility. And then there are simple things just like going on to social media, you know, Facebook groups or even just scrolling through Instagram. There are just so many outlets. So I always recommend that people, you know, take a look around and see which group fits for them. Right. And because it is really an isolating time and it doesn't have to be that way. You know, we we take it, we take the journey, just I mean, we put so much of the pressure onto ourselves. And many times our friends aren't going through the same thing. And so right. it's hard to speak to them about it. And that's why I really am a big proponent of going out there to find your tribe. Because they will at least at the very least know what you're going through and can just be a shoulder for you to lean on or or even just to vent or anything uh, they can really understand what you're going through, which is very comforting,
0: yeah, absolutely no i I appreciate you sharing that, and I mean, just the fact that you're sharing your story alone, I know is going to help so many women, so I really acknowledge you for that and you know, you mentioned isolation. So obviously, that's a lot of us have been experiencing that over these past few months with the pandemic and whatnot. You know, what are some suggestions of of how women can really cope if the pandemic has put you know their fertility plans on hold? Yeah, that is just you know, right off the bat, it is so frustrating
1: to have that happen because, as it is on its own, even without the pandemic, it is just such a stressful time because it feels so time sensitive. Right. And and so having that added pressure of not knowing if your cycle can go through or having delays in it really just adds so much pressure to yourself and to your partner. So one definite way of helping reduce that stress is to just incorporate the techniques of mindfulness which, you know, are rooted in in witnessing the present moment and using the power of words like affirmations or or your breath to really help you relax to help you tune into that present moment so that your mind isn't spiraling into the past like all the past cycles into the what ifs of the future like what if this never happens what if we're delayed forever you know that can just be so exhausting and create so much unnecessary stress in your mind and your body. And so if we can tune in and be mindful into the present moment, it really helps us to just stay a little bit more in control of ourselves, which by definition, this whole process feels makes us feel so out of control. So I always recommend trying to be mindful in whatever way feels best to you in in this situation.
0: That's really great. Yeah. And so you mentioned affirmations, breathing. I mean, I know that you've got probably a lot of tools that you can share with us between breathing and body scanning and affirmations, things that we can use just, you know, whether you're dealing with infertility or not, just in general, like tools that women can use every day when they're feeling stressed. You know, what does that look like?
1: Yes. Uh, There are so many tools and I am a really big advocate of having a number of tools in your self care toolkit, as I call it, right. because some days one thing will work and on other days you know it just doesn't, and you need to try something new. That's why it's great to have many things in your arsenal to try. Sometimes you need many, a combination of many things on one day because your stress levels are just so high. So, one of the things that I love to, and I've already mentioned it, uh, was the art of breeding and using breathing techniques to really help calm you down. And the the breath, it's just so powerful because it's the gateway from moving from a state of stress into a state of relaxation. And by taking a very deep and slow breath, we're able to tell our mind that, you know, we're not stressed out anymore. And then you'll start to feel your heart rate slowing down. You know, when you get really worked up and stressed out you can feel your heart racing so taking a long and deep breath i like to try and coach people to do it from their belly you'll hear it belly breathing right. and what does what happens there is that you're able to bring in so much oxygen into your system and you're able to really take in a much fuller breath than sort of a narrow and shallow breath that we often do just from our chest and so you know, people wonder, well, how am I supposed to breathe that way? Because it doesn't feel natural. Right. But what you're doing is you're just filling up as you're inhaling, just not even imagine, but visibly and physically feel yourself pushing out belly. And that is like filling, imagine it filling up with air and allowing it to progress upwards, then into your chest. And then you can breathe it out of your mouth. So you can visualize it, moving up from the belly into the chest, going up, and then exiting out of your mouth. You know, we, (laughs) I joke that we often, as women, we're trying to always just like squeeze in our stomachs and and hold our breath so that, (laughs) Right. but it was like counterintuitive to that. You want to push out that belly so that you can get that fuller breath. And it takes practice. You know, like I said, it's not intuitive. And so, you know, you take that slower breath and then what's great is that you can do it anywhere. Right. And you don't have to be in a meditation to do it. And just by doing it a couple of times, you'll instantly start to feel much more relaxed because you're slowing down. You're slowing down your mind. You're slowing down your breath. You're slowing down your heart. And and then you really just begin to feel the effects of that relaxation. So that's one one of the big techniques that I like to often coach people.
0: Right. And how about body scanning for some people who maybe don't even know what that really means. Can you expand on that?
1: Yes. So we are often just caught up in, in all of our thoughts and all of the things that we have to do. So we're constantly in our heads and not really tuning in to what's happening in our bodies. And so as we progress throughout the day, throughout the week, you know, we start to hold on to all these areas of stress in our body. Often one way of looking at it is like we're always on our phones, right? On some sort of device. And through the course of the day, you'll notice that your shoulders have crept up to your ears, your eyes and your forehead and your eyebrows are scrunched up because you're looking at those screens. And so that those are examples of how you hold on to stress and how you hold on to tension and tightness in your body. And so by doing a body scan, essentially... I do it in a meditation. You know, you've closed your eyes. You're usually lying down. And you're just working your way up from your, the bottoms of your feet up to the top of your head. And you're just stopping it, sort of each point that feels natural to you, taking a deep breath. And if you notice any tightness in that area, say, let's say you get to your chest. And you just feel that it's just really tight for whatever reason. So you would take a deep breath into that spot. And imagine yourself filling it up with air and expanding it such that it's pushing out any of that tension and stress so that when you exhale, you can visualize yourself pushing out that tension and stress out of your body. And then so you do that. You just work your way up. And it's great because what you're really doing is you're tuning into the present moment and thereby also tuning in to how your body is feeling in that moment. And using the power of your breath to to help you release any tension you may be holding
0: on to. I love that. Yeah i th- I think I think we don't do enough of that. And I'm definitely guilty of being on my phone and scrunching my forehead. And you know,
1: yeah, <laughs> right. I'm
0: def- yeah, absolutely. And then especially just being at my computer all day too. I have to be really mindful that I'm hunched over, right? So mm-hmm. I'm. Almost collapsing my on onto my lungs. I need to like sit up. I need to sit back and really extend my shoulders back and like open up my lungs and breathe. I'm like physically doing it as I as I'm speaking to you. And yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's just sometimes it's it's those little it's those little tweaks that we need to make throughout the day. Right. So yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that. So you mentioned that you know I know through this journey of fertility and IVF and whatnot, and you really came to meditation. Like that's kind of in this process, you you found meditation. So I'd love it if you can like define what meditation means to you and I think that a lot of people listening, I mean myself included, back in the day I would be like, oh, meditation like I have to sit cross-legged and my hands in this certain position and I can't sit still, you know, but I know that there's different forms of meditation, there's different ways to meditate. So let's let's dive into that a little bit and and you know, what meditation really means to you. I love
1: that question and and there are just so many pieces of it. But what I'll start with is what, you know, what meditation means to me. And back before I meditated, I didn't meditate during my fertility journey. It was once the my fourth and fifth child were born. And then life just, it just elevated into this new level of Chaos that I wasn't prepared for, for sure. And that was when that was when I I knew in my mind that there was a missing piece. And you know, I've always been very, you know, very good with my exercise I exercise every day. My nutrition is fairly on point, but that missing piece for me was the wellness of my mind and and my emotions. And that's how I decided to try out meditation. Even you when know, I consider myself a type A person who's constantly thinking of all the things that she has to do, all of the lists that I have, the many lists that I have. And so I never thought that meditation could be for me because I thought, you know, I can't turn off my mind. This is going to be impossible. Right. And so that is actually is one of the misconceptions that I like to debunk for people because it's, you're not going to completely turn off your mind. You know, you mentioned how, you, like, you yourself thought that it had to be like in this perfect spot, and right. and it doesn't have to be. It can be anywhere that is comfortable for you. It can be in your car, even, and that's where I did mine today. <laughs> awesome. And so I, you know, it doesn't have to be a perfect place. You will have thoughts, and really, what's happening in the meditation is that you're just practicing how to tune into the present moment, how to have some sort of anchor, whether it's your breath or a mantra or, you know, just some words of support for yourself. And every now and then, a thought will pop up. And then knowing that it's okay, that this is going to happen, gently acknowledging it, and then without holding on to that thought or sensation or sound that you heard, allowing it to just gently float back out of your mind. And if you need a visual, one thing that I like to use is Putting that thought on a cloud and then pushing that cloud gently away. And it's just floating out of my mind and then returning back to my breath or whatever that point of attention is to bring me back into the moment. And then it'll just be a constant roller coaster ride of achieving stillness and silence within and then having a thought pop up and then trying to go back to it. And it's just an ebb and flow. But for me, and what I like to coach my clients is that this is something that translates into your daily life. So you'll be in the meeting or you'll be with friends and family and you're in it, but then something will distract you that you need to be in with work or with your family or whatever it is. So the the beauty of practicing meditation is that it translates into your everyday life. So if you're in a work meeting or you are with family You're in that moment, but then a thought will pop up or something will distract you. And so you need to bring yourself back into that present moment so that you can be a witness to what's happening. And the beauty of practicing meditation, just a couple minutes is all you need every day, is that that's what you're practicing in meditation. You're practicing being able to return back into the witnessing of the present moment, into whatever it is that you need you were in the middle of. And, and so that's how I think of meditation and how I like to sort of explain it to people who are on the fence about, you know, whether or not they should try and how it will really be- benefit them in, you know, in real
0: life. I love that. Yeah. So in terms of just simple steps to get started with meditation, like, is there a timeline? Is there a specific breath sequence that you follow? Like, what would you recommend to the newbie who wants to get started?
1: Yes, there are definitely some things that will help you get started and and stick with it, right? So one of the tips that I like to do it, or share with people is to tie it to an existing ritual. So for example, if you do it in the morning, the meditation, tying it to you're always going to brush your teeth or whatever it is that you always do in the morning that you never miss And if you tie it to that, say you do it before or after that activity, then you have a greater chance of succeeding with that meditation practice and never missing it because you've already tied it to something you already do. And then in terms of picking a time, pick a time that works best for you. You don't have to do it twice a day. You can just do it once and it doesn't have to be for very long. You can start off gradually, take baby steps. So even just a couple minutes a day of trying it, it's so much better for you than not doing it at all. And what's important is just being consistent so that you have the chance to practice it. Right. And then I think my biggest tip for people is to be, and I mentioned this before with, you know, with infertility is to really just be kind and compassionate to yourself as you're trying this, because as I mentioned, there isn't a right way to do it. And, and then we're always thinking that it should be this certain way. Right. But it doesn't have to be. You make the practice
0: however yeah. it suits you. Absolutely. I love that. I I've never heard about really tying it to a ritual. So that that totally makes sense. Although I guess I naturally do that without realizing it. Like when I make my tea or my coffee in the morning, that that would be the time that I do it. So Right Yeah, yeah. that's perfect. Yeah, that's an awesome tip. So in terms of you know, your own personal routine, you mentioned things like fitness, you know, you work out regularly and you eat well and you take care of yourself. You obviously implement a lot of, you know, meditation and breath work techniques. Like what are your non-negotiables that you need to implement every day, especially with five kids? Yes, there are definitely a number of non-
1: <laughs> non-negotiables yeah, for I can imagine. <laughs> um, but, you know, the the ones that are proven for me like I have to do every day would definitely be a workout. I work out every day and that just makes me, it just shifts my mind and my perspective. And it almost, for me, it's very similar to meditation. It just kind of, it almost clears out um, all the stuff that's, you know, that's creeping up in my mind and it almost right. gives me like this blank slate to work from. And and so I get that from working out and I get that from doing my meditation, which I do I do twice a day, I do it once in the morning and then once in the evening because those are the bookends of my day. And in the morning it's a great way to sort of set my intentions for how I want the day to be, how I want to feel that day. And then in the evening, you know, you're transitioning from one part of your life. A lot of us are working from home right now, myself included. And so you're transitioning from kind of that mode into like regular life, into post-work. right? And so meditation in the evening really just helps me to, to shift into that, to that different state of mind. And then doing some other piece of self-care for myself is also a non-negotiable that I like to do a couple of times a week. If I can do it daily, great. And that for me would just be something simple, just a couple of minutes, whether that's doing a quick mask or like texting some friends or listening to podcasts, whatever it is, it's just kind of me time. Right. That is another way for me to reset and almost like giving myself a treat.
0: Yeah, I love that. I'm sure that there's a lot of women right now who are listening to this and, and they're thinking like, how do you even have the time? How do you, how do you find the time and make time for these things? Yeah, no, that is a great question. And that is something that I get
1: often. And so with, I I think the key to it is being flexible. And the other part is that I'm fortunate to have a great partner that I can just, he knows that my non-negotiables and so he knows to that it's time for him to sort of step in when I need to take care of those things. Although a, a lot of, you know, my older kids, they're able to sort of take care of themselves. And now that my younger ones who are four, they can also kind of occupy themselves. So if my husband were just super busy, uh, I do have ways to to let them know. I just flat out let them know, mommy needs to meditate. And they <laughs> right. know now that, okay, this is when we have to leave her alone or mommy has to go work out. And so they know again <laughs> that they need to take care of themselves at this moment. And what what's great about that is that it it gives them a model for for how they should take care of themselves and prioritize their their well-being, their mental, emotional and physical well-being. And so that's how I make time for it. You know, I the other piece of it is being flexible as I mentioned. And so yes, I do a meditation in the morning, but I am not strict about what time it has to be, and I fit it in when I can, as long as I can fit it in. The same goes for my workout. At some point, it needs to happen, and if it can happen the way I want it to, like, for example, doing weights, then I'll put the little ones in a stroller and do sort of an uphill hike. And so that will count as a workout. So really being flexible, especially these days, because of everything that's happening, it is critical to try to kind of be patient and and accommodate things as as best as you can.
0: Which is key because I think that, you know, flexibility, I think a lot of us have, you know, it has to be a certain way. It has to be this way. And if I can't get it in, if I can't get my workout in at 8am, then forget it. It's over with, you know? And so I think that's key is, is just, you know, being able to kind of go with the flow and, and being flexible with it. And like you said, like recognizing that, okay, if I can't do weights today or get to the gym, there's still other ways to make movement and exercise a priority.
1: Right. Because that rigidity really adds a lot more stress than we need to you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So is your partner as well at home with you too? Are you guys both working from home? Yep. We're both working from home, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which, was, um,
1: <laughs> which was tough in the beginning, but I think because we've been in this so long now, we are all have figured out a way to coexist with one another. So it's
0: actually been working great. Yeah, that's awesome. So what are some strategies in terms of managing your relationship in close quarters? What has that looked like for you? In the beginning, it was
1: tough. In the beginning of the pandemic, because we were kind of, I think we were all acting, and I think just everyone in general, we were acting as if this was a quick race, right? Kind of like a sprint. And so we, we just went into things like work and school and just did the best that we could in those moments. And then slowly over time we realized, well, this is more of a marathon and we need to pace ourselves and we need to think about things that we weren't thinking about before. So for example, with my relationship with with my husband, we didn't initially in the pandemic think about making time to sort of work on our relationships or have time one-on-one time with ourselves because we really had all the kids. But right. as this progressed, you know, and we shifted from that sprint to that marathon mindset, then we realized, okay, we need to still incorporate date night somehow. Right. And so that meant, you know, once the little kids were asleep, we have that window in the evening now like once a week that will be the time that we do an at-home date night and we'll just watch something or hang out on our own while the older kids are playing a game or online with their friends or something. And that has helped to really allow us to stay connected as a couple, because as we work sort of in tandem in the house, in different parts of the house, you know, we're in our own little worlds and we're, we don't really get to interact with one another. And so, that has been, I think, a key for us and kind of a game changer in this whole pandemic, in terms of our relationship, is returning back to that sort of mom- those moments that we had for each other.
0: That's really that's really key because I know that there's definitely a lot of people listening right now who who are at home with their partners and their kids and whatnot. And so, you know, what sort of self care. Tips do you have, especially for parents that you know are at home with their children, that they can implement, you know, either for themselves or for the family as a whole? Yes, yeah,
1: self-care is just so key. And, you know, when we think of self-care, a lot of times we think it has to be this extravagant production when in reality it really doesn't, and it's so different for everyone. We just need to make it something that is soothing and sort of relaxing for Either our mental wellness or emotional wellness or physical wellness, whatever it may be. And it's different for everyone. So for example, some days, you know, it will just be doing deep breathing for me, just a couple of minutes of that. And then other days I'll need that full on bubble bath with the, like the face mask on and, right. and the candle and I'll need all of that. But I do make sure to figure out what fits right for my schedule in that, in that week. And then sort of letting my partner know that this is when I'm going to do that so that they can help me out in that regard to get it done. Right. And so they don't stress out about it. Like, how am I going to fit this in? Because the last thing you want to do is make your self-care, figuring out how to add in your self-care, more like induce, have it induce stress. And then in terms of doing self-care for the family, I always make sure that my kiddos, at least once a week, that they're able to do something fun. Right. And that's, you now it's a little hard out here in LA because we're still, it's still so, we're still so locked down. However, that can mean something like, like with my daughter, she is doing sort of a Zoom cooking class with her friends. And for my older son, it would be, you know, doing some sort of online game or, or like just FaceTiming with his friends. And, you know, that, is important for them and it's important for me to know that they have some sort of outlet as well for sure. Um, so that was a great question.
0: Yeah. And I mean, especially to still maintain that sort of connection, even though we're isolated, you know, how do we as humans maintain that connection with each other and with ourselves? And then also making sure our kids can still have that connection too. You know, even if it has to be through a computer screen, you know, at least at least we have that, right? Yes, absolutely. You know, as, as
1: human beings, we just, that's innate in us to to be with other people. And so we do have to, you know, be creative. And again, that flexibility comes in into play here of things aren't going to be the way they were before, but we can still figure out a way to, to do something nourishing for ourselves.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so what are the age ranges of your kids? Yeah, my
1: youngest are four-year-old twin boys. My middle twins are eleven, a boy and a girl, and then my eldest is thirteen.
0: Wow, that's crazy! And so, just going back to you know the story with surrogacy, and and what did that all look like, and and what made you really decide that that was a route that you really wanted to take? Yeah, each path was so different for The sure.
1: IVF, the international adoption, and surrogacy, and after that. That pregnancy that I successfully carried, everything that we had to go through, it just wasn't feasible to do that now with three kids. And so that is how the idea of surrogacy came to be for us. We couldn't act upon it right away as much as we would have liked to keep everyone sort of closer in age, but it's just so cost prohibitive that we really had to save up for it. And so when it finally became a reality for us, it was quite it was a difficult journey, you know. Yes, we had decided to do it, but mentally, it also takes a lot of of work in your mind to wrap your head around, you know, working with another person for this. For sure. All this time, it's been just me and my husband, and sort of the emotions that we have to go through in that whole situation. And then, and then there is that third party of the doctor, in in terms of and the facility with IVF, and then. adoption, there was the adoption agency, right? And that's who we worked with here. We're adding a whole other person that we have to work with that we don't know, whose feelings we have to also just take into consideration. And so that probably was just like one of the hardest things about the whole situation was just having that uh, added person and, and taking care of them from afar because we didn't live close by. And so that was... That was really tough. I ended up feeling as if she were one of my children and how I had to just care for her and of course and sort of check in on how she was doing and her wellness and all of that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then so what does that process look like in terms of, you know, she's she's ready to have the babies now and you know, what what does that all look like? And so you go and you be with her and, and then what? Yeah.
1: You know, we would do weekly check-ins and a lot more check-ins as she progressed into the pregnancy. And then, you know, we even went out to meet her and that was fantastic. And, and our families got to meet. So that was wonderful. And then when it was time for her to deliver, she actually was able to give us a call in time. And my husband was able to fly out there because I stayed with our older three and then flew out a couple days later And so he made it just in time for the babies to be born. Oh, that's amazing. Which is great because then he was kind of the one, it was kind of like a switched sort of experience because now he was the one who got to be in the hospital caring for them until I was able to come out. So it was, you know, it worked out really well that he was able to have that experience because actually that was another thing that I learned during the, the whole surrogacy process, which is what it felt like to be that partner. And this whole time it, it had always been about me and like how I'm taking right. the injections and all of the side effects of the hormones from that. and just everything was sort of just centered on me. And yeah, not to say that I didn't check in on my husband, but he kind of was standing on the sidelines and just waiting to hear how I needed help and what he could do to help me out whenever I wasn't feeling good.
0: right. and
1: and that, was kind of the role that I took on with our surrogate, which oddly enough, really gave me a great perspective on what it felt like to be a partner.
0: For sure. That's really beautiful. That really is. And, you know, you just mentioned there in terms of just kind of going back to IVF, you mentioned with like all the hormones and everything that you had to take how did you find that process? You know, after the fact, did you feel like there was a lot of work you needed to do health wise? You know, was there, were you impacted by taking those hormones or, you know, felt really off in your body? What was that experience like?
1: Yeah, that actually was the way you described it. At the end, I did feel off in my body only because I just felt, I guess the best way to describe it is I felt so out of control that the emotions, ups and downs with my emotions. And then, and then for me, like I experienced a lot of weight gain, which was really, really hard for me mentally, as you know, because I mentioned that I'm such an avid exerciser. And, and then there were moments when I, I just couldn't exercise because of, you know, an embryo transfer or what have you, and or the shots just hurting too much. And so it really, it like turned my life upside down, I felt like. For sure. And um, you definitely feel that loss of control because there's just, you know, one moment you're feeling good and then the next your emotions are just bringing you down and you don't really understand what's happening. And and so that it was really tough to go through that. And I feel for all the women who are doing it now because, you know, with all the other added stress going on in life, it's just It just gets magnified. And I didn't back then have a coping strategy aside from working out, which is why I'm such a big proponent of, you know, establishing like connections with support groups and why I went into like creating these fertility mindfulness workshops, because, you know, you don't have to be alone. You don't have to suffer through it and just get through it. You know, we all have that mentality of I'll just get this done, you know, and right going to get this baby and then and then I'll be fine. Um but it doesn't have to look like that. And so we can provide ourselves with the tools, the tools that I wish I had back then for coping with all those ups and downs, all of that stress and, you know, the more tools you can have in your toolkit, like I mentioned, the better.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So, I know that you offer weekly meditation classes. You offer free ones. Where can our listeners Connect with you and join those classes. Oh, I actually,
1: <laughs> I actually stopped them. I was doing them oh. in the summer, <laughs> but you know, it's because now I decided to homeschool my four-year-olds, and so that's been quite a journey. <laughs> I that <can imagine. laughs>
0: No, that so, makes sense. I mean, you know, it's trust me. I get it as a business owner. There's, there's only so many things you can do and commit to, right? So, yeah. um. Yeah. So, so okay. You've, you're homeschooling your twins or that's awesome. And then the rest of them are going to school.
1: The rest of them are doing remote learning. So that might be why our bandwidth is not so great right now. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Everyone is fighting for that last piece of bandwidth so that they can do their online learning. And so I just have to keep reminding them, like I've mentioned on your show, that we all have to be patient and flexible and creative about how we have to do the things that
0: we have to do on a day-to-day basis yeah absolutely well that's really amazing and and I so appreciate you sharing your story and being so open about it with us today where can our listeners find you and connect with you so i would love to
1: connect with anyone listening on my website which is jatluri.com so j at Lurie. and on there i actually have many free meditations, video meditations that you can try out. And I also have a number of podcast episodes on there. So if you're going through infertility, I talk about my journey a lot. And then I also interview other people who have gone through sort of different experiences to cover a range of experiences and topics under underneath the topics of infertility and parenting. And and then you can find me on Instagram at Josephine R. Atlery.
0: That's amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We'll be sure to put all of that into our show notes. And it was really great connecting with you today. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for the conversation. I had a great time. Awesome. Take care. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into our episode today. I really do hope you enjoyed it. You can connect with Josephine over on Instagram at Josephine at Lori, and you can also find her on her website, j at Lori.com. And of course, to grab today's show notes, head on over to our website, holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode one, two, three. And while you're at it, make sure to click on Recipe Club, which you'll see in the top right corner, and you can dive into our monthly Healthy Hormone Recipe Club membership. Next month for October, we are releasing our stress and anxiety meal plan, plus my pumpkin recipe ebook and a Thanksgiving recipe ebook as well. Lots of amazing bonuses and tons of delicious recipes that are going to help support your hormones and your overall health for only $9 a month. So do check that out over on the website by heading to holisticwellness.ca. Thanks again for tuning in. If you haven't left us a rating and a review, you can do so on any podcast platform that you listen to us on. It really does mean so much to have you guys support us. Thank you again. We'll chat next week. Take care.